at the end of every meeting, and this is key, every meeting you guys have, I want you to say, what decisions did we make today? And then who needs to be communicated and how? Communication, you know, is the biggest weakness in companies. On every SWAT, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats that I do, communication is always slated as a weakness. And it's because we haven't been deliberate about this. What decision did we make? Who needs to know? How are we going to make them? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. Today's episode features two senior coaches from the NCG team, Brian Nolan, Managing Partner, and Andrew Amrine, Director of Finance, for a conversation on how to get good at decision-making. Brian and Andrew reflect on how small businesses can get better at making decisions with the formal decision-making process. From highlighting the practice of the debate time, the key elements of management team dynamics, and the creation of a decision-making matrix, we are driven to remember Kim Scott's statement from Radical Candor. Debate time does not equal decision time. We must be systematizing the communication process. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Thank you, Molly. Uh, I am glad to be here uh, with my longtime associate and first employee uh, and a fellow management team member and director of finance and senior business coach, Andrew Amrine. Andrew, what say you? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, great to be here with you. This is, I think this is the first time we've done a podcast like this, just you and I. So this is fun. That seems really weird because I feel like we've done like a thousand little podcasts <laughs> in, in discussions with each other. Molly, Molly usually controls the direction of conversations with us. This I don't know. This is a little scary. We we don't so, have our our moderator. I I I have the mad scientist here, which is Andrews. So I don't know where this is going to go, um, <laughs> but I do know where I want it to go. And you know, Andrew was like, "Let's make sure we have a clear purpose of this podcast." Um, we, what do we want the listener to leave here with at the end of the podcast, Andrew? Uh, I think a, a clear understanding that decision-making is a system and a process, that it needs a formal uh, written process. It needs to be practiced, despite the fact that maybe it feels inefficient or sort of time these decisions are taking longer than they need to. Uh, but it it's really the best way to do it, to build a team. Yeah, perfect. And then how to uh, communicate decisions. Um, so this podcast is all about decision-making. And um, I believe, I believe, we believe that decision-making is largely not done well. That's the premise I'm acting uh, on here in small business, even in big business, but particularly in small business and that the number of non-decisions is great. And people leave... Uh, a room after a discussion. Some people think a decision was made. Other people think it wasn't. Some people have different opinions on what decision we did make. So make the mistake. We are talking about making decision-making a key system in your business. Andrew, why is it important to push down decision-making? If you're an owner, like you make decisions. Why, Why do you want to push it down? 
Well, I mean, it's, I think it's worth saying we're, we're a small business too. So we, I mean, we're, we're right in this battle as well. We figure these things out too. So I steal from Jared uh, Baez on this one. I think he has said it the best, which is lack of, lack of authority, decision-making or responsibility without the commiserate authority creates disengagement. Did I say that right? Mm, I think that's how I said it. You did. Responsibility without authority breeds disengagement. And yeah, so this is tough. You know, owners really struggle with this, um, that they want the right decision made. I think, you know, Brian, you know, you could speak to this too. I think owners um, want to, in a way, keep their employees or not, not make their employees have to suffer through this decision-making and have a great place to work. And, but really letting your team specific people um, struggle through the decision-making process. It certainly made me better. I, I think way differently now than I did when I was a whippersnapper 15 years ago. You know, um, it's clear that a lot of uh, employees in a small company think, well, he or she's the owner, so they make the decision. And this, this has to start with an understanding of the difference between ownership and management. Yeah, and it's my castle, I, right? This is my castle. That's I right. own this thing. And I, I want people to realize that um, ultimately I can be an owner without a manager. And that ownership and management are very, very different. Ownership is is interested in uh, the annual profitability, but they don't need to be involved in the day-to-day decisions unless they're a manager in that in that business. So, and we could go down that whole list of roles of, of an owner versus roles as an executive. Uh, but let's let's go right to the point here of the importance of a decision matrix. A decision matrix is is respecting uh, the delegation of authority. Uh, It it is clear who decides what. It's clear on who needs to be consulted. It's clear on who needs to be aware after decisions get made. Um, So what I'm talking about here is if you're an owner uh, sitting down with the management team writing out a list of all the possible decisions and then listing who is making that decision. For example, a sales manager. Uh, The sales manager would be the one to decide what CRM to pick. Why would they not? They have to use the data. A controller should make decisions on vendor partners. A production manager should make decisions on what tools to be used. An HR manager should make decisions on recruitment tools and and venues. A marketing manager, what company to buy swag from, what media to use. A financing decision should be made by the finance director, such as pricing, because that's in the context of a budget. Um, I want to put this out there, Andrew, talking about about the management team, because you and I have had a lot of uh, discussions on the management team, often heated and debated. Can you can you take us through some of the management meetings you and I have had uh, and go from unhealthy to uh, how we figure out 
healthy? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think the decision matrix helps define, and not, not just define whose decision it is, but where authority really rests. And it, it sort of reverses into authority. And so when, when we don't have clear decision makers, I mean, I mean, you and I, we're, we're both achievers. We, if, if, if the decision maker is not clear, then it's me. <laughs> so <laughs> both of us are, everybody in the room is thinking, well, we're not clear whose decision this is. So I'm the decision maker. And I, I mean, so making, making the decision maker known who's going to make this call makes everybody's role clear that. Now you, you, can, you can have discussion, you can put the idea on the table and let the idea go. I've, I said my piece, I, know, I feel heard, so Catherine makes the call or Brian makes the call or I make, you know, in, in my areas, I make the call. Um, What's interesting with you particularly, and I'm sure a lot of people on a management team that care, right? They care so much uh, that it's easy to... to take ownership of your opinion you want to be right and so you you've worked through that like i need to be this feeling need to be right versus being heard oh yeah fall, yeah falling in love with with my idea and then not being open to other ideas certainly in it shows people care i think sometimes i have conversations with owners about management teams and they, they talk about the arguing. And I said, well, that your people care if, if they weren't arguing, they didn't care. So in that sense, arguments, it is, it's a good thing. You got to learn how to do it well. So when the decision makers clear, it makes it way easier to step back and say, and accept like there are lots of ideas out there that can work, not get married to my idea, which of course I've been thinking about the most because it's my idea, but there, when the decision maker is clear and it's not me, it's a lot easier to back off and say, all right, there's, there's lots of ways to fish this water. So, so let's talk about uh, making decisions in a management team. Um, uh, so sorry, real, real quick, can I, before you go there, can I jump back just one quick thing? When you're doing the decision-making matrix, I, I've also had owners say, or I don't feel comfortable with that, or I don't, I don't feel like my team is ready for that big a decision. And I would say, go, go back and think about all the expectations you have in your head, because there's, there's some expectation that you had about this whole thing that isn't represented by the, de, by the decision-making matrix. So what are the little decisions that you're expecting to make in your mind and then you've got to come back and your team's got to, they've got to make little decisions before they make big decisions mm. and walk people through that. If you just throw a decision at someone, they're, they're going to fail. The weight of the decision is, is going to make them crumble. Um, so all these little things to the owner, all, all these expectations you have in your mind, it's that to put on paper that the decision-making matrix will help you vet out. So, I, and I, I want to be clear I, as an owner myself, um, it is very hard to emotionally let go of decision-making. It is really, really hard, um, but it's also, it's freedom. Uh, and it's the ability to see your company as separate from yourself and to grow other people. So I don't want to pretend this is easy. You just do a decision matrix and, and now you've given people decision-making authority and you can back out. So let's talk about the management dynamics and management team. And, you, um, and you've been open step, about that. 
yeah. Catherine and I, Catherine and I, we we are empathetic to that because we we see the decision making matrix and we see that like there's a vision here that we need to make right and we're it makes us more empathetic to the situation we're in. This is Brian's baby, and it it makes us all better by sharing it. Does uh, so. We had a uh, situation recently in the same meeting. One time we did it right and one time we didn't. Um, I, I said, who's the uh, decision maker here on an issue? Everybody agreed it was me, Brian, in, in this particular case. I stated the way I wanted to go, that I wanted everybody's input. After I got everybody's input, I changed my mind because I got everybody's input. So let's, let's be clear that... Um, Decision makers don't make decisions without consulting everybody, and quite often they will change their mind. So, Andrew, then then talk about the three D three D process in a management so, team. Yeah, so great. So I I this is something I I went around and around in my head about. I, there's different decision making processes. I I think you know you don't always solve a problem. You, you have a discussion, but you're not always at the point where it's finished and we can now make a choice. Okay, so three Ds, the 3D discussion process. First, define the issue. How many times have you had a discussion where what you talked about at the beginning isn't what you're talking about at the end? And there's this one question has three or four issues embedded in it. So clearly define what the real issue is. Second, make time for debate. Not arguing. Do your best not to argue. It happens. Brian does a great job calling timeout. We call timeout on each other. So have debate. Be real careful not to judge at this point. Just throw mud on the wall. What are the options? Let, let's debate. We, we can discuss with each other back and forth. Then move to decide. And you don't have to decide to solve it. You can decide to talk more about it. You can decide that Brian and Colin need to get together and review this and then come back next week with what your thoughts are. You can, you can make any decision you want that works the, the issue forward. Yes. So 3D, yeah. define, debate, decide. And if you're following a level 10 meeting, um, you would allocate uh, time to each of these and make sure you allocate you allocate enough time to defining exactly what we're trying to solve here, which is what you said, Andrew. Let's let's not skip that part because a problem well-defined is half the answer on the way. Um, and then at the end of every meeting, and this is key, every meeting you guys have, I want you to say, what decisions did we make today? And then who needs to be communicated and how? Communication you know, is the biggest weakness in companies. On every SWAT, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats that I do, communication is, is, often, is always slated as a weakness. Yeah, every and year it comes up, every year. It's, it does, and it, it's because we haven't been deliberate about this, what decisions did we make, who needs to know, how are we going to make them? Webfoot did a really good job with a whole change communication process. Uh, I believe Travis spoke about this uh, at the uh, Grand Summit last year. So that's pretty key. Um, 
How much time should we allocate to a debate, Andrew? So I, I think this varies, right? I mean, it, if it depends on the bigness, the, the size of the issue, it also depends on the meeting. You know, if, if we've allocated an hour for this meeting and we've just spent 15 minutes discussing it, then maybe we need to decide either, okay, we need to schedule another meeting to talk about it. I've, it's important to honor deadlines, right? This meeting is an hour. We all have 800 things to do. So honor, honor the time, length of time that you've committed to and be willing to call it. That's, that's what I've seen work, work best. Be willing to say, let, let's, let's keep going separately or let's schedule another meeting. Yeah, and then you keep going until I always say it becomes circular, where a lot of the discussions mm-hmm. are are the same. But maybe it also keeps going till you filled out what we call this uh, decision making worksheet. Remember this from a, a oh, few yeah. years ago, Andrew? Uh, yeah. I think it I think it came from uh, Franklin, if I'm right. Was it Benjamin Franklin who? There were there were a couple, yes, but the ranking system is the Ben Franklin uh, ranking system probability. Uh, importance, probability times importance equals the weight. And and so what what you want to be careful with uh, decision-making is that it's not emotional, right? That you also want to make sure it's in alignment with your vision. Uh, And so this, there's a decision-making worksheet that makes sense to uh, fill out, which um, identifies alternatives now we're talking about the opportunity cost of going down a certain certain direction means you can't go down another direction that may be beneficial. Um, you'd also identify what biases are present. You would identify the effects on financials. Um, you identify how much you're prepared to lose. How much money am I prepared to lose if this, this decision doesn't go well? You identify the risks you identify the effect on internal operations, the effect on customers, the effect on, on vendors. You talk about the strength of implementing, and then you go down and you do a whole set of pros and cons where you put some weight um, associated with each and the probability of them. And um, after you do that, you generally come up with the right uh, direction. And, um, you know, one of my first accountants said to me, well, uh, how much are you prepared to lose if you expand in, into this area? Because sometimes people, they go there and they start, start losing money and they lose more money. And now they're putting good money after bad. And uh, so you got to know when to cut it. Right, Andrew? Yeah. I th- or just, a, I've heard you say it, a, a good decision Right now, you make strategic decisions with the information that you've got. You, you know, you're never you're never going to know until you do it if that was the perfect decision. But sometimes you got to make a call. Um, I also think it it goes back to something that was in um, radical candor that about the communication piece. That if if two people are discussing something and one person doesn't understand, whose fault is that? We often, I know in my mind, I catch myself blaming the other person for, you just don't get it. And I, I know, I mean, I've, I, I can feel business owners on listening to this thinking like, this is total overkill. And maybe it is for tiny issues, but there's lots of big issues that it's not overkill for, that you can slow the process down. 
and build your team, make your team better through this process. But also, you know, it's not always, it's rarely the other person's fault for not understanding. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my fault because I haven't explained it enough. That's and it right. gets back, it gets back to communication, right? If your team isn't on, if your team isn't getting it, it's more likely that it needs to be communicated more than it is some, you've got the wrong team or yeah. somebody on your team isn't getting it. Let, let's talk about some of the areas that maybe decision-making is not happening as fast as it needs to. And there's, and there's so many non-decisions. There, there's probably no better example of this than about employees. Uh, I, I know it, as coaches, Andrew and I have discussions with um, the uh, owner and president, and we're talking about an employee, and we're talking about the employee, and we talk about him again, and the next month again, <laughs> and it's Groundhog Day. And uh, if you're having too many conversations about an employee, then it's time to end that. So um, there's a lot of hallways. You know, I use this thing, um, doors open, doors doors closed, the trick is stay out of the hallway. The hallway is, is the cold, dark place of indecision. And um, what's funny about, about that example, right, is that everybody on the team has decided that this employee should be fired, but nobody's told the employee or <laughs> everybody's decided that this employee stinks at a certain thing, but nobody's decided to tell the employee. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say that's what What's worse is the employee doesn't even know that they're they're way off out out of their lane, outside of what they should be doing. Um, so th- this this ability to make decisions about your people is critical. Another another area that I see is what business are, are we in? Uh, what what type jobs mm. what we do? What type jobs? And we become so emotionally enamored with revenue that we take on work that we have no business doing. We don't make strong enough decisions on what work we should do, what work we shouldn't do uh, in that area. Um, Other things you can think of, Andrew, that people are good or bad at making decisions? Well, the the job one is one I was thinking of, getting getting into bad jobs. Um, I think on a a sales end, I think um, the same feedback with sales reps. Do sales reps have goals? Sometimes those goals get made too quick. They aren't thought through enough. Sometimes they never get made at all. What are the sales reps' goals? What is the expectation we're holding sales reps accountable for? What it defi- I think one is defining a sold job. How does a job move from sales to operations? And what's that, what's that gateway? It's never really clear. When does operations own it? And when mm-hmm. has sales failed to do their part? So what, it, what is exactly their part? That's a, that's a big decision that involves several people, but once it's clarified, things move a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll keep this podcast relatively short. Cause I, I think, I think the message is that we, we want to leave you with is um, recognize that you need a decision-making system. Recognize that that system includes pushing um, the authority down to, to the responsible level, uh, where you give where you give authority, where you give responsibility, then your people develop when you also give them the authority to make decisions and to learn from decisions that mm-hmm. they don't do well. And by the way, you know, people say, well, 
what level decisions should I give them? Don't give them ones that can ruin the company. But it's okay if you give them a decision, they make a mistake, it costs some money, costs the company a little bit of money. Um, but you've also developed your people to learn uh, the good and bad decisions. So that's, that's pretty key. And then have, it, have a process to communicate decisions. After meetings, the last thing you should do is ask, what decisions did we make? Who needs to know? Uh, is there a, a final word, Andrew? Because I know you like the final word on things. And you're very, you're very generous. You, you regularly give the final word to other people. Um, I would say decision-making is the human work that we actually hire. Working, working a process isn't, isn't necessarily work in this context. The human work is decision-making and problem-solving. So use these formal systems to help grow your employees' ability to make incrementally bigger decisions and, and solve incrementally bigger problems as a development tool that will also benefit your company. Actually, you, you uh, gave me an idea to, to uh, share also based upon what you just said. Um, think of situational leadership, SL2. Um, totally. Think yeah. about being a coach. And think about you need to get people from D1 um, where they have low competency, but high, high commitment. You need to get them through to D4. It's when they get into this D3 where they're, they, have a, they have a mixed level of confidence that you want to be careful you don't take away their decision making when they show a little loss of confidence, but then you become a coach at that point in time. The bookkeeper or accounting manager is great at payroll and then a prevailing wage job gets screwed up. That's D3. They had mm -hmm. competence, they, they encountered a situation where they, they had knowledge, maybe didn't have complete knowledge. That's D3. So coach them through it. Uh, good, so uh, thanks everybody. Now. Go out there and uh, develop your decision matrix. Talk to your coach about it. Uh, have a great day, everybody. Thanks, hey, everybody. Andrew. Thanks a lot. Bet. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.